But I think what you need to do is start to listen to that gut instinct and like, listen to your body's cues, because it's something not really tangible to put in words and say, look for those cues if they feel like this. Um, but I think if you slow down and start to think, and even maybe just journal on this to very, to in the very beginning of like, what actually lights me up? Hey, I'm Gita Keeping, ex-classroom teacher turned mindset and business mentor. Not too long ago, overwhelm and stress was my norm. Now, I have created a life where I help entrepreneurial women create an unstoppable mindset and teach them how to grow and scale their own businesses, all while getting their own gifts out into the world and creating an impact. Welcome to the Keeping It Real podcast, where each week I bring you an inspiring person or message where we talk about all things life and business related where our conversations are real, the information is inspiring, we have a splash of fun, we have lots of laughs, and we dive into life lessons and deep conversations about all the things. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Oh my goodness, I'm super excited. Welcome back to another episode of the Keeping It Real podcast. And I'm super excited today because I have my bestie on the show. Welcome, Leslie Raymond, to the Keeping It Real show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here and like a little bit nervous, but you know. <laughs> it's all good. I'm actually legit so excited because we've been trying to make this work for quite some time. And we've talked about the topics that we want to chat about, but we're finally making it happen. So thank you. Yeah. And you're actually spending time with me in your day off. So thank you for doing that. <laughs> of course. What, why else would I, what else would I do on my day off? Exactly. So for those of you who don't know Leslie Raymond, she is an amazing woman who not only is she my best friend, but she actually helped me start my business journey. and. I felt it was just so fitting to bring her on to talk about number one business stuff because she has a business background. We're going to talk more about that in a minute, but we're going to talk about friendship today. We're going to talk about so many things that's brought us together and you're in for a treat. <laughs> so Leslie, did you just want to do a quick little intro of who you are? Sure. Um, who am I? I am, I guess, a New Brunswicker turned Newfoundlander and now I'm a BCer. If that's a term, uh, <laughs> I'm a cat mom. I'm an avid reader. I make lots of different things. Um, I have been a business owner in the past. I do all kinds of things that keep life interesting. You do. And you have one of the biggest hearts that I've ever met. And I'm going to share a little story that just popped my mind. Like when I think of you, I just think of pure love. Um, I was going through a really challenging time and you've done a lot of nice things for me. Oh my God, I'm going to get emotional shit. <laughs> um, and it was right around when I was really sick and trying to figure out my health. And I went to BC to visit my brother and Leslie reached out to all of my friends and my clients and just people who knew me and got them to write these beautiful messages to me about, you know, how they knew me and just get me, gave me this beautiful message of healing and thoughtfulness. And she sent it to BC <laughs> and there's a picture of me on the floor, crying my heart out as my, uh, as Tanya, my sister-in-law gave me this. And I was shocked 
And as I was reading through everyone, I couldn't stop crying. And I don't think I've ever been able to put into words that moment for me. So thank you. (laughs) It was such a fun gift to put together. And it was so easy because you know what? Everyone just wants to send their love to you. Oh, well, it was legit the most thoughtful gift anybody's ever given me. So thank you for taking the time to do that. But as you can see to our listeners, like this is why this woman is so magical. Her heart alone is just something that I continue to aspire to be. So thank you for being you, Leslie. (laughs) Do kind. Thank you. (laughs) So one of the, the main reasons, there's so many reasons that I wanted you to come on, but Usually I bring people on and they share about how they left their job and created a business. And you've already done that. Like you've been there, you've done that, you had the job, you had the business, but you also made another shift and realized that, you know what, business life just wasn't for you. And you made the shift back to a a nine to five job. And I wanted to bring you on to talk to you about that because there's so many layers within that. And I'm clearly about keeping it real and also honoring everybody's experience as they navigate what's right for them. Mm. So can we dive into that? Yeah, absolutely. It's been a, it's been a strange journey, one of like shifting your self-identity quite a lot. And so I, I, I'm still on the journey and uh, yeah, happy to share it. Let's talk about, first of all, you and I met through the entrepreneurial space Um, we both started in network marketing, which is where, uh, we met. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about how you got into business? First of all? Yeah. Um, a lot, I've seen this happen a lot is where people start out in network marketing or or multi-linear marketing companies. And, you know, maybe that's not where they, what they want to do certainly wasn't what I wanted to do in the long run, but it was a really cool eye-opener to the world of social media marketing, um, to the idea of, I don't know, helping other people um, in in new ways in a very personal level. Um, And it got me somehow connected to some business owners in St. John's um, when I decided not to do network marketing anymore. um, I started looking around for different jobs at the time I was working in a restaurant. Um, I had burnt out from a previous career in not-for-profits, um, which is another thing that drew me to multi MLMs or network marketing. Um, I needed something that I could kind of be my own boss for a while to recover and um, kind of get my spark back. And it certainly did that. Um, and then when the when that kind of period of my life finished or it kind of gave me all it could, um, or that I felt I needed. Um, I started looking around St. John's Newfoundland for jobs and it was tough. I had a, a degree in education. I hated substitute teaching at that time. There were no jobs. Um, and so I was like, well, I guess I'll waitress for a while, take the pressure off, um, leave stress at work, just have fun and make some money for a little while. And then by the end of that, I realized there was this thing I'd heard of it in the past, um, this thing called virtual assistants where um, business owners would hire people who had all kinds of different skills, stuff that I'd been doing through not-for-profits through uh, network marketing, social media marketing, um, just random admin stuff. Like I'm, I'm one of those dorks who will sit in front of a computer and like enter data and just love it for ages or just like get super focused on, I don't know, writing social media posts or something like that. I love um, 
yeah, I love getting lost in work like that. And so for me, it was, it was so perfect. I, I, as soon as I saw one, one coach in St. John's, um, post that she wanted a virtual assistant, I was like, she, she had listed all the tasks she needed help with. And I was like, oh, I can do all those things. Maybe this is something to look into. So, uh, within two weeks, I had my first client decided to start a business within, I think two days after that, she had sent one of her clients to me and then more clients to me and more and more. And so I, I gradually just built this business that I, I really loved. I was working from home, which was so exciting. I could do it on my own time. Um, because I was really struggling with energy. Um, I, I couldn't get through a whole day of work without having to go home and take a nap. Um, I was struggling with all kinds of stuff and I still don't really know what it was. If I think it, maybe it was all stress related, <clears throat> but anyway, so that business eventually morphed into me turning it into more of a social media marketing, uh, company. And then shortly after I did that, um, and this is how life works, right? When you, you make little shifts and find things that work for you, other opportunities come. So then <laughs> someone I knew, um, from a previous job who was a graphic designer, um, asked me if I would be interested in talking about joining, um, his small company. There was, uh, two of them. They needed a third co-owner potentially to join on, be the sales and relationships manager at that marketing company. And, um, first I was really scared. I didn't want to give up everything I had worked hard to build, but then on the other side of the coin was, Oh my God, I don't have to do this alone anymore. Right. I don't have to do everything. I don't have to figure out graphic design anymore. Cause he's so, he's so talented. I don't have to be a really good writer when it isn't really in my um, circle of genius or my zone of genius. Um, so the, the appeal of that was there. I could just kind of do the things that I really liked and was good at, and then had people who complimented me. So I did that. It was awesome. Um, it was awesome until it wasn't right. And so a couple of years down the road, I was like, yeah, you know what, this, this business partnership isn't working for me. And um, I knew there was several things that alerted me of this one. I, I, I learned over the years from burning out before God, I burned out twice before I was 31. Um, I learned to listen to my body. I learned to listen to those cues of like, you feel like crap, something's wrong. Something's off in your life. And then I realized that the relationships with my co-owners of the company, they were just not, um, mutually beneficial. Maybe I don't think we all understood each other and understood the way we thought about things, process things. Um, it just wasn't working for me. And so, and another couple of things that happened was, um, when you own a business, it's hard not to be stressed and think about your business. Like if you can't, especially if you work from home, you know, this, um, you can't just close the door and leave at 5 PM. Um, my husband had said to me a couple of times, is this how it's always going to be? You're just going to be always stressed. And we won't be able to go do fun things because you're too stressed to, to go out and relax. And that was a big, a big eye opener for me. Um, and that's when I really started to think, okay, well, what would my life look like if I left the company and had a, um, had a salary that I could count on every two weeks, um, had a job where I could close the door and leave and, and just have life at home. Um, yeah. So it was this, it was this progression into business and then out of business. It was really, and through the, oh my goodness, through the jigs and the reels of it all, we had moved from Newfoundland all the way to BC right before a pandemic. Um, this all went down kind of during the pandemic. So it's been, it's been a lot to process and Gina has been really good at helping me. 
Aww. <laughs> this whole crazy journey. Well, I'm so proud of you. And oh my God, there's so many lessons in what you just said. And I know our listeners can't see us, but behind you is your lantern. And that was the name yeah. of your first business. Right. And I remember that time. And I remember looking at you and watching you and being in awe of the fact that you were like, no, man, I can create this. And I think for our listeners who um, are listening to this right now, sometimes fear can get in our way, sometimes insecurities, unworthiness, and this whole cycle of I just can't do it. But watching you go, hold on a second, I can do this. And you couldn't find the job that you wanted. So you created your own. Yeah. I think that's so powerful to give us a lesson because sometimes we are just searching and we don't realize that we have that power within us. Can you talk a little bit about maybe the internal journey that that took for you to go, I can do this and maybe give a tip on for anybody who is looking at something for them to step into what, what a tip you could give them based on your past. Yeah, that was, I want to say that was 2016. feels like that's about right. Yep. Um, I think, I don't even know how it came about. I just, I just felt ready. If like, I don't know, I, I looked at all the skills that I had to offer that I, I was good at. So I also, so something that really resonated with me was I heard that someone say, just because you're good at something doesn't mean you have to do it. Right. And you said that to me, which was something that helped me switch my mentality. Can you say that one more time, even though I know it, but say one more time for our listeners. Just because you're good at something doesn't mean you have to do it. And so when someone told me that, it really was kind of a light bulb moment. So and then it got me thinking about, well, what are the things I'm good at that I like doing? And I made a list and I was like, wow, this is exactly what entrepreneurs need. This is what a virtual assistant is meant to do. These random tasks that could just lighten the load for business owners. Um, so it was, it was kind of interesting. I was helping business owners grow their business while growing my own business. Um, and because I was working with a lot of businesses that, that were in coaching, were in similar industries, I, I was growing my business alongside of their process. It was a really interesting way to learn. Um, yeah. I love it. So I kind of want to go full circle back because you okay. said something earlier. Um, when we both got into the network marketing world, it allowed us to see different things that were possible. Do yeah. you feel that if you didn't, you know, participate in this personal development, cause you and I doubled down on personal development, like we were doing that shit all the time and we still are. Um, yeah. But what role do you think that had in terms of you stepping up and say, no, I'm going to create this for myself. Yeah. You know what? That was um, the confidence builder. It was, um, it was enough of dipping my toes into this kind of business ownership world um, because of course I was part of a huge company and I wasn't my own boss per se, right? Like traditional sense, but it was enough to build my confidence to say, Hey, I, you know, I'm kind of doing this anyway. So why not take it to another level and use more skills that I have? Yeah. And also too, and I know like I've kind of said this a lot in the podcast, but I do think it's important to point out 
But like, if you take a look at where we started, we had exposure to people who were already doing what we wanted to do, even though there were some good, good leaders and not so great leaders, but we did have our, we did have access to people. And I felt it was the first time I started using uh, social media and the internet for a way for me to see what was possible. And then remember when we went to Nashville and we heard all those top speakers and yeah. like we could win these free trips, which really opened the door for us to see what was possible, I think. Yeah. And you know what? It was the first time I ever looked up to other people in a career that I could see myself somehow doing, or it was the first time I was exposed to people who were wildly successful, but who didn't seem very different from me. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I think that was a huge shifting point. And I think that this is probably something to be said for, there's a lot of things that people say about network marketing that are, are really negative and there are some lots of things that we experienced that weren't great either, but you know what? It really does open your mind to possibilities and empowerment and um, taking ownership of your own life, which is like, what better foundations can you ask for if you want to? Exactly. And also, so once again, I just want to go back to something that you said that I think is huge because if you look at both of our journeys, they weren't linear, you know, neither one of us stayed with network marketing and made it our career. And you said something earlier about navigating the different identities that we have. Mm. I want to normalize that because if you think of our generation, it was very much of a, you got out of school, you went to get your education, you did a career, you started it, you finished it. And today's generation is moving away from that single career. And I just stop and I look back and I go, okay, If I didn't give myself permission to publicly fail and to put myself out there, then I never would have been able to see what's possible. I never would have been able to have those identity shifts and go, oh, how does this fit? Okay, this this feels good. This doesn't feel good. Well, how can I pivot and go there? Can we dive into that a little bit more? Um, Like, what are your thoughts on normalizing that? I think, yeah, I think identities, and we've talked about this a million times, identities need to be connected to you as a person and your values, not what you do. So that's something I'm really facing right now because what I do doesn't thrill me at the moment. Um, I'm still on this journey of figuring out what that is. Um, But what I love about my life thrills me. So when I introduce myself and say that I make things and... I don't know. I live in a really cool place where I get to explore a new part of the country. I don't know that that is a good, good enough identity for me at the moment, if that makes sense. Oh, yes. And it's so beautiful because if you think like traditionally, it's like, oh, what do you do? And I want to get away from asking that question. Maybe not. Maybe not get away from asking that question, but not let it be the first question. And before we popped on and went live, we made a decision that we weren't going to talk about careers because it's not who we are. And this is an idea of this podcast and what we want to talk about. So I think if you are constricted to an idea of what you do is who you are and that doesn't pan out, like just think about the failure you're setting yourself up for. Yeah. It's almost inevitable failure because, I mean, our life goes through so many different chapters and phases that we can't just 
expect to live in the same chapter for the whole life. That's right. And if you think about it, 18, when you have to decide what you have to do for the rest of your life, you don't know who you are and what you want at 18. And I went through this, as you know, and you helped me through this. But when I got sick and wasn't able to teach, I legit, I think part of my setback was because I could not or I didn't let myself identify with anything other than I was a teacher. And when I had that identity taken away from me and I couldn't teach because I was sick, I did not know who I was. And that started a healing process that's led me to this business and has given me this passion to help people look at themselves in a deeper lens than just their, their exterior. That's not who we are. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, and I think like we both can, can, understand that journey because you know what will I be doing this exact thing that I'm doing in a year or two I hope not (laughs) and I hope that my business grows and evolves into something even bigger and better because if not that means I'm not growing right yeah it's really freeing to just let go of that kind of title or identification and and it's honestly it's been a struggle some days I'm good at it some days I'm not Yeah. And like some days it is easier to go, okay, I can embrace this. And other days, like when you have all the pressures and you're like, oh, wait a minute, like it's a lot of self-reflection, self-realization, self-growth, self-worth. Like Mm. it's a whole freaking journey, man. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah. But I'm really glad you brought that up. Um, The other question that I would ask is for somebody who right now is maybe in the transition period of maybe trying on a new identity. What advice would you give them to help them over this transition hoop? That's a good question because I feel like I'm in that journey right now as well. Um, But I think what you need to do is start to listen to that gut instinct and like listen to your body's cues because it's something not really tangible to put in words and say, look for those cues if they feel like this. Um, But I think if you slow down and start to think, and even maybe just journal on this to very, to in the very beginning of like, what actually lights me up? What do I get excited to do? Um, what, what makes me feel like what, what gets me in flow, you know, where do I lose time and space and just enjoy time. And I think that's the start of figuring out not just what you like to do, in terms of a career, but like who you are and what lights you up, because like, I'll use the most simple analogy. So when I heard someone say to me, just because you're good at it, doesn't mean you have to do it. I immediately thought of softball. I loved playing softball. My whole, like it was everything to me until my early twenties. And then I started to see that I don't like the, the person I become while I'm playing competitive sports. I don't love that version of myself because it's more aggressive. It's more, you know, I have no patience with myself. If I mess up my, like, I'm, I'm so over (laughs) and everything is crappy. Um, and I didn't like that and it wasn't, it wasn't working for me. And so, yeah, I was, I was pretty good at it, but I didn't like who I was doing it. So it's like, that was a huge eye opener. Um, And then I started kind of reflecting on that in different areas of my life as well. I really like that. And it's true because once we can self-reflect and kind of look at that and go tune in with your body, ask yourself, 
what do you want? What are you feeling? What's my, what's my body trying to tell me even, I mean, I ignored, as you know, my yeah. body for so long, all the nudges, all the punches in the face, essentially they turned into, yeah. but I think those are all the things that we need to be listening to. That's just so damn important. I think something I've learned to do over time, and I do this when I'm caught in anxious spirals is I just say to myself, what do I need right now? Or what, what would feel good right now? What, what is it that I'm trying to, my body's telling me to do. And usually just like a thought pops into my head, not because I'm like super intuitive or anything, just because I'm trying to figure it out and I'm listening to my cues. Well, you are intuitive and we're going to talk about that in a minute. (laughs) Um, Okay. So no, and that that's really important. And the other thing too is I think what holds a lot of people back from trying on different identities and maybe making their career change or putting themselves out there or trying the MLM is that fear of what people are going to think. What did you do to overcome that? Because like you put yourself out there, you've changed. How did you stay true to yourself and not let the opinions of other people hold you back? That is a great question. And you know what? I'm so lucky because my partner, Steve, while I know he is, um, he's not immersed in this kind of personal development in this career development. He's had the same job for many years or the same kind of career path. He doesn't have the same educational background as me. He can't relate to my career at all, but he's always uh, said, babe, whatever makes you happy. And that's, yeah, it was like, I believed him too. Yeah. And my, and my, I don't know, my support network. I think because the people I was around, the bulk of them, because we were on a team of people who were similar on similar journeys, um, I had that support network that I really needed. And, and I don't think if I hadn't had that group, that team from our MLM days, I don't think I would have had the, the confidence or the, I don't know, audacity to take yeah. this on, to really put myself out there because we learned. I, I learned during, through the fitness days, of like, who cares what people think? You know, I would just, it was a constant battle, but I pushed through it. Yeah. And I think, you know, both of us still have tendencies where that kind of sneaks in, but we remind ourselves like, um, as long as your people are there supporting you. And even sometimes if they don't, it's like being true to who you are and, you know, it's not something that happens overnight. It's something that the more you practice it and the more you kind of tap into that, that that is your, that that's, it becomes your new identity, right? We have to remind ourselves that who we are today took practice too. Yeah. And you know what I just thought of is, is having those supportive people in your life that you trust to be mirrors or to be like honest mirrors of, of you or reflections of what you're doing. Like, I, I trusted, I guess I trusted myself enough, but I also trusted the people around me enough to, to tell me if I was doing something that was really off color or, or had red flags. Yeah. Which is a nice tie in to another thing we want to talk about, which is good friendship. Mm. Um, I mean, I guess before we dive into that, um, you kind of already alluded to the fact that you've moved very far away from me. (laughs) (laughs) You're in BC, which I am super happy for you, by the way. Um, But being far apart 
it's hard on a friendship, you know? And when we were here, it was nothing to go. Gina put the kettle on Leslie, put the kettle on. I'm on my way kind of thing. And that was a beautiful thing about our friendship. We could do that. But I think the most beautiful thing about our friendship though, Leslie, is the fact is that we can communicate and talk to each other, even about the hard shitty stuff. Yeah. And, and God, what a comfort it's been, but man, like for the first year and a half, we were pretty out of touch because we hadn't found our way to communicate and really stay in touch. Um, so yeah, we, we were patient with our, with each other, with ourselves because we both understood what each other's lives were like. And, you know, I needed you, I knew that you needed extra rest sometimes. You knew that I was at work from these periods and whatever. Um, but once, yeah, what's really worked for us is that Voxer app been crazy. Like thing, just one little app or one tool has really made Absolutely. A and, but I think too, um, like once again, understanding what the other person needs is really, really big. And when we were here, it was so much more accessible and you could visibly see if I was having a bad day, I could pop down, you know, we could have those, those small moments of still connection. But when you left, I was still going through a crazy time. You were going through a transition. We were different people when we were apart. So understanding what each other needed, but then also not being okay with the way things were, we were like, no, this is not good enough. (laughs) Yeah. And once a week texts are not working. Right. And then like, it's also a time difference. So the cool thing I think about friendships and even relationships is like the power of communicating, the power of understanding, the power of no judgment Mm -hmm. and kind of going in and being like brutally honest, like Gina, this is not working. Like, you know, we haven't talked We're you know, we're important to each other. We're drifting apart and having the conversation where I can go, and I remember even apologizing to you. I've been a shitty friend. Like I, I haven't been the person that I want to be. And then we found a way we found, yeah. right. So, oh, and, and you weren't at all. It's just that the way we were connecting wasn't working for us, you know, like yeah. with one of my other close friends who coincidentally, I was in Newfoundland, she was in BC, we would text all the time. So I just kind of assumed that would work for you and me, but texting isn't how you best express yourself. No, um, no, it takes more time. It's just not, not your style of communication. So I was like, Oh, how can we make this work? Oh, you're already using this amazing tool. So we know it works for you. And I've used it before. It's perfect. And, and honestly, it just feels like you're like a few doors down you're still just a couple streets away. And I'm just chatting with you all the time. I know. I love it. So for those, for listeners who don't know, I use this uh, communication app with my one-on-one clients called Voxer. So it has a walkie talkie feature. So (laughs) I'm like geeking all over it. So we can walkie talkie each other and talk to each other. And then with the proper notifications, Leslie gets it when she wakes up. Maybe I get it when I wake up and it's just a really good tool to communicate. But I think the bottom line, though, is having those conversations with the people that are important with you and vocalizing what's working, what's not working, what's important to you, and just being open minded about doing things different. Mm. Yeah. You know, and I think we've done that really well. So thank you for being like the best friend ever. And 
not only that too, but a lot of people don't understand like my pain and what I'm going through. And you've been so patient um, in the fact of me trying to figure it out. And then also knowing that when I am in a flare, I just need to be by myself, but you've just, you've just been a really good friend to me. And I just want to say thank you for, you know, for having the tough conversations with me, for sticking it out, for, you know, finding a way to make it work. And, you know, sometimes I could get really angry at this disease because it's robbed me of so much. And it's robbed me of some friendships because some people don't understand, but it's kind of brought us closer. So thank you. hundred percent. And it's not, not, it wasn't even an option. Like, you know, of course I, you're so valuable to me. You're everything. Like it's not an option to just let you go. Oh, <laughs> right back at you. Um, but so there obviously, if you can, if you can't notice, by the way, this podcast is going, I freaking love Leslie. Um, <laughs> I want to kind of, so we've been like dibble, dibble dabbling, whatever that word is into like different pieces of your life. One of the most craziest things about you is your ability to manifest. Yeah. Like this girl wins everything, (laughs) whatever she wants, it comes true. The only thing I think that hasn't manifested is me moving to BC, but we're working on that. Or or a trip somewhere for both of us. Yeah. I haven't got, (laughs) but it's going to happen. So for those people who just are old manifesting and it's like, Oh, what is this? You know, I don't know anything about it. You and I were like that. We used to not talk about these things. Um, We used to be probably the people who are old too. And just like, I don't know what that is. Can you just tell our listeners, like, in the layman's term, I guess, like, what is manifestation? I can't even say the word. What is manifestation to you? To me, it is, oh, this is going to sound cheesy, but like putting it out into the universe or shifting your energy, making it known to the whatever God presence, spiritual deity that you believe in, letting that entity know what you desire um, and then finding ways to maintain a positive vibration. Like, like it's, it's really hard to sum up without sounding woo woo and whatnot, but it, it is, it's this beautiful, once you realize that your energy is connected with everything and everyone, every single item around you, um, and that, that kind of clicks, you start to see that, holy crap, the, the way I carry myself, the way I think it's all about the way you think. Um, cause what you think turns into your energy. Um, yeah, it's amazing how you can kind of mold your, your future, your landscape around you. And honestly, I'm not a professional. Um, I'm just someone who has studied manifesting and studied energy. Um, for personal interest, not for career or anything. And so I could be totally botching this description. No, not. But you're to not. me, that makes sense. You put yeah. it, you're, you're, you're shifting your energy um, to a more positive space. And you're, you're literally like your vibration says, I'm open to opportunity. I'm open to good things. Um, and when you allow good things to happen, when your, your energy allows that, they tend to flow to you. And if you're specific about what you want, um, universe can deliver that. 
Absolutely. That was beautiful. I never would, would have been able to, uh, to put that together. And like, so that's the cool part. Like that's the woo woo part. And then our listeners will not be surprised when I say this, but then I look at the science piece, like the piece of the brain, the piece of how this can potentially happen. And we won't get into that on the podcast, but like, if you are even one bit curious about manifestation, and I don't know how you wouldn't be, if it's like your the things that you want are coming to you, then how could you not be? But like, take a look and do your research for yourself about the science behind it. But even if you just take these two scenarios and this is more of like for our listeners, if you were going around carrying a thought process that everything is terrible, nothing good happens to me. Um, and you have a mindset where, the, you know, the, the terminology is a lack mindset, I guess. How are you showing up with those thoughts, beliefs, energy? How are you encountering things that happen in your day? How are you embracing relationships? How are you interacting with people? And then you flip it and you go, everything is working out for me. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to do. Great things flow to me every day. I'm abundant AF, like all the things, like how do you show up then? How are you interacting with people? What are you doing differently? So whether you believe in the woo-woo stuff or not, the belief in just those thoughts and how you show up differently, you can't, you can't ignore that. Yeah. I think you can see it even in your posture. Oh, um, yeah. It's just a, a, kind of a symbol of, of what it can do. Shift. If you're there sitting in the, sitting on the couch thinking, I suck. I can't, I'll, my life is never going to be what I want it to do. And then you mentally decide I'm going to stand up right now and say, life is awesome. Opportunities are everywhere. Um, just see what your shoulders do. I feel like your, your back is going to straighten and you're like, you're just embodying that kind of energy that you want to attract. Absolutely. And our brain doesn't know the difference between real or fake. So, I mean, if you, if you just think about something that makes you really sad, I mean, I could walk you through a sad visualization right now and I'm not <laughs> going to do it. I'm not going to do it, but I could easily do it. And then by the end of the visualization, you're going to feel really shitty. Your posture is going to be slumped. Your head's probably going to be down and you're not going to feel very good, but I could also walk you through a visualization. That's going to leave you feeling pretty pumped, pretty mm -hmm. confident, pretty shoulders up superhero stance, you know, and, and have you feeling that you're on top of the world this is what I do with my meditations for my clients is we have to prime our brains into what we wanted to think. And that's up to us to choose those thoughts. So anywho, regardless, I wasn't going to go on a rant on this, but it's so powerful, but you, I'm just going back now to before you moved to BC and you had this vision that you wanted to be on the water. This has been a vision of yours forever. And BC has been on your list forever and how that all on played was it was just incredible tell our listeners like where you're living right now and how this all came about like just a journey in terms of how you put things out there and they just freaking happen it's so funny I was just looking through my phone to see if I could find the note that I made of my my vision for my life but it's on it I guess it didn't make the transfer <laughs> it's on my phone. Um, and but I did this um I stopped myself for several times in, in the past because in Newfoundland, I felt um, really down about the weather as anyone I'm sure can relate to. I wasn't, my life wasn't where I wanted it to. I felt like certain things were holding me back. 
Um, although I loved so many things about my life. Um, uh, so I started thinking like, I wrote down what would my ideal out of this world dream look like? Um, and I got into as much detail as I possibly could. And, um, you know, this isn't some phenomenon I came up with. It's been taught by many people. Like you, you have to be clear on what you want in order to make it happen. Right. So I wrote in this little Apple note thing, um, I live somewhere where it's warm most of the year, sunny. Um, I live on the water. Um, I definitely, I mean, I definitely specified that I'm still with Steve, my partner. Um, I, I even wrote that I live somewhere in Canada where there's palm trees. I didn't know Canada had any palm trees. I didn't think it was possible. And I did not ever imagine leaving Newfoundland because my partner, Steve, who I love so much could never, ever leave. Um, he had an amazing job there that, and he was in line for, um, growth within his company and there was no ever a plan to move, but we had always said, Oh my God, wouldn't it be so wicked to live in BC? Um, cause then we're still in Canada, but we're still getting way better weather. Um, and just more adventure. You're not, you know, so feel like we like to travel and take road trips and stuff. And there's like, we felt very, um, claustrophobic in Newfoundland. So fast forward now, um, I'm sitting in a house that, um, is literally on top of water. Um, I live in a float home. Some people call it a boathouse. It's, it's literally a house that's foundation floats on water. Um, up until a couple of years ago, when I went to a social media conference in Victoria, um, which was part of like me training for my first, um, business I ever owned. Um, I didn't even know these homes existed and I saw some in Victoria and was obsessed and just like, I, I had to tell everyone about them. It was so cool. And so fast forward, now I live in one in a place where I'm literally like, I have the most million dollar view that you can get for an affordable price. Um, this crazy town that I live in Delta has palm trees. Like all these people have palm trees in their front yards. My neighbors have palm trees and pots down the road. Like I did not know this existed. And uh, you think of BC and everyone who lives here is like, oh, winter's so bad. It rains for like three months. And if you come from Newfoundland and you live in BC, you're like, this is nothing. You don't have to shovel this. And it's so warm all the time. <laughs> it's so nice. And so, yeah, like my physical surroundings are pretty much just what I asked for. Um, I did not... I didn't intend to live directly on top of the water. When I said, when I wrote down, I want to live on the water, I meant like <laughs> on the shore, <laughs> but I'm looking out my window right now and there's a seal swimming in, in front of my house. That's incredible. <laughs> so for our listeners, I think this exercise of writing down, like what do you want and being super intentional and clear, it mm -hmm. really is a first step of manifestation. It is totally. And, and you don't just write it down and lock it in a box and, or put it yeah. in your journal, never look at it again. You bring it out lots and then you start to, um, and this is something a, a coach of mine had told me many times, you have to get into the energy of like, if I was living this life, yes. what would it feel like? And so you kind of close your eyes and just envision what, what am I looking at? What do I hear? What does, is there a cool breeze on my skin? It, like all of these things, you put yourself in 
that scene. And I did that, but you know what? I didn't do it every single night. I didn't do it that often. I just consciously once in a blue moon took out this, yeah. this page and, and looked at it, felt those feelings. But I guess I kept my vibration high in different ways. I must have. Well, we um, talked about it a lot, you know, and I think when you talk about it and you vocalize it as somebody who's safe, like that's keeping your vibration high. I'll tell you one thing that I do is um, so I do visualization every morning and sometimes in the evening, too. But I actually recorded my vision of what I want and I listen to it. So it walks me through the same process where it's like, this is where I am. This is my external environment. This is, but it's me saying it to me. That's brilliant. Yeah, it is so powerful. And I get my clients to do it too. And it's just like this every day I'm being reminded. And I also have a type up of it. I have it in a frame in my office and it changes. Like as I up level and I reach my goals, it changes. I have it on my screenshot on my phone. I talk about it to people who I know is going to help me and help me kind of see that vision for myself and encourage me. And one of the thing that I, and I think maybe you and I might've said this, but, uh, or you taught me this it's of course it's happening for me. Of course. That's my favorite thing. My coach used to tell me. Yeah. Of course. Of course. I'm going to live on the water someday soon. Of course it's going to happen. Exactly. And just stepping into that energy that it's already happening. Exactly. You know, already happening. Of course, this is meant for me. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm not the one who needs to figure that out. And letting go of the how. I think the how holds a lot of people back and the how. And of course, you have to make a plan when you're making big decisions. I'm not saying just go haphazardly and go kind of. But there's a place for that, too. Let's be real. Um, But I do think it's like holding on to that intention. And like, when I look back at some of the things that's happened to me, I just held on to the vision, had no clue how it was going to happen. But Mm -hmm. I think when you combine the vision and the, what you want with action, like that's where the magic is. And I think some people get caught up and think manifestation is just woo woo and going, Oh yeah, it's just going to happen, but don't take any natural steps. Like you were looking for properties, you know, you were looking for signs you for us what happened was steve years ago had said to the branch manager of the bc the only location of his company in bc if there's any ever any openings give me a call and years later that call came randomly on an august or september day hey steve this this job opened up um do you feel like applying for it and we're like holy crap we have to go for this. We were scared shitless. We owned a house. We had a great life. We're scared shitless, but um, just, just take the next step. Even if you're scared of whatever it is, the next, the job interview that may not be what you want. The um, yeah, the talking to someone about this potential opportunity, even if you're scared and don't think it could possibly work out in your life, just say yes to the opportunity. Just the next conversation. Absolutely. And like you say, you don't need to know the big picture. Just keep taking those steps even. And I think a lot of people get caught up in the big steps. Like it's the small steps that you make every day that's going to move you closer to what you want. So, yeah. And I think, too, we try to. I not try to, but I think we look at fear as like, oh, I'm scared. I can't do that. But that's a natural emotion. You're supposed to feel that, you know, and I think it's like you say, be scared, do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right. I absolutely love that. Okay. So this conversation has been amazing. I do think that we need to do like a show where we do this regularly and we just shoot the shit. Like, I think this, this, I think we need to do that with wine and I think it's, I think something, (laughs) (laughs) but now I want to move into our rapid fire questions, which is my favorite part um, where I just ask you random questions. There was one question in particular. I can't wait to get to. (laughs) Okay. So it's, it's just as it implies. It's totally first thing in your mind. Don't overthink it. And are you ready? I'm ready. All right, let's go. Who was your favorite Spice Girl? <gasps> Jerry. I love the Spice Girls. Oh my god! <laughs> you just got so excited. Your face. <laughs> love them. Nachos or tacos? Nachos. A nickname you used to have or still have? Oh my God. In high school, people called me Lester. Lester. I did not know that about you. <laughs> ah. I hung out with some farm kids and they nicknamed me uh, Lester. Oh, fun. If you could travel <laughs> back in time, where would you go? Oh, I would go back to the 30s and 40s during World War II to gain perspective. And this is like one of my deepest. <laughs> deepest dreams and someone told me before when I was saying oh my god I just to live during World War II would be fascinating for me to see how what normal life was like here in Canada in the U.S. um, as a soldier everything and then someone said to me one time uh it's probably not as good as you thought it was like no shit it's a war but I like I literally read personal memoirs and bios um, of people throughout World War II. It's one of my biggest passions. And I don't want to go there because it's fun and the clothes are cute. Like, I want to go gain perspective on what life was like. Oh, that, and before I even asked you that question, I knew it was going to be around World War II. I knew it. Uh, but what you're right, it would give us a totally different perspective. You know, I, I really think that would be powerful. Okay, this one I know you can definitely answer. Say a word in French and it can't be bonjour. I can say a lot of words in French, but uh, I love that one. Um, Who this is. This is a question. Who was your favorite Harry Potter character? Oh, oh, character. Oh, you know what? I like Luna. Nobody has ever said Luna. I really like Luna. I think she's batshit crazy and in the most beautiful way. And she's a Hufflepuff just like me. Oh, I love it. Do you know how many people don't know Harry Potter? Oh, I've listened and yelled at the (laughs) yelled as I'm listening to all the podcast. Oh, so funny. Sunrise or sunset? I'll say sunset because I'm never up for sunrise. What's your go to order from your favorite restaurant? Oh, my God. Piatto. Yeah, (laughs) I miss it so much. So Piatto, I'd have to have the beet and goat cheese salad and followed by the um, Dolce. And Gina and I would always do this meal together and be twinsies with our orders. Oh, what I wouldn't give for you to be here for Piatto right now. So I know Piatto, best restaurant around. Go to the go, go, just go. Um, <laughs> just, go. <laughs> just go. What is your favorite word? My favorite word. Oh, my favorite word is shine. Ah, yes. It's just like this beautiful word that encompasses so much energy and so much positivity. And you, it just, it's, it's definitely a Leslie word. (laughs) (laughs) What is your go-to song? If you needed a dance and pump me up. Oh, that's a good song. All right. That's a good question. Um, I love, 
um, oh my God, Flor- I said Florence and the Machine. I can't think of the song. You know what? I can't think of that Florence and the Machine song right now, but anything from Madonna's Immaculate Collection. Brilliant. Best. Yeah, the best. How could you not get picked up after Madonna? I love it. <laughs> um, if you could win an Olympic medal for any sport, real or fake, what would it be? Oh my God. So real, it would be softball for sure. Um, fake, it would be something like knitting triathlon or like crafting triathlon with three different crafting events. Love it. You would rock it. You would get knitting, gold. Embroidery <laughs> and rug hooking. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Ooh, superpower. I'd probably fly. Mm, that's mine too. I'd be yeah. there in a heartbeat. We'd be doing this in person. (laughs) Texting or talking? Texting. Wrong. Boxer. I know. So with you, it's boxer, but with everyone else in the world is texting. (laughs) Morning or night person? Um, I'm trying to become more of a morning person. I'm really like an afternoon person. (laughs) Love it. But I love, I love now that I'm consciously trying to regain, like recapture my mornings. Yeah. Uh, I'm use mornings because it feels so good. It does. It feels great. Um, describe yourself in three words. Ooh, oh, Lord. Um, oh, that's hard. Uh, friendly. I really try and be friendly. That's something like my East Coast heritage cannot handle when someone is not friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, open. And by that, I mean like open to opportunity, open to possibility. Yeah. And, um, oh, um, introverted. Nice. I (laughs) realized that I am extroverted, but introverted at the same time. You're an extroverted introvert, I think. Which is very confusing to me. Yeah, it's totally confusing. Um, climb a mountain or jump from a plane? Oh God, I, I would never jump. Um, climb a mountain for sure. If you were really hungry, would you eat a bug? No, never. Are you spontaneous or like to plan? <laughs> I'm a planner. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Oh, animals. And this one's a little bit more serious, but what is the best piece of advice you have ever gotten that you wish you gotten earlier? Hmm. Just because you're good at it doesn't mean you have to do it. I love that. I so, absolutely yeah. love it. I, um, I, I worked with some summer students who were just going into grade 12 and first year university this year. And I gave them that piece of advice because I felt like I needed it back then. Yep. Yeah. So I hope that resonates with them. It does. Game changer. I love it. I love it. Well, Leslie, this has been so much fun. I'm so glad you agreed to come on and have this conversation. You are a wealth of knowledge and your heart just needs to be shared. So thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. This was a blast. I really, it was cool because we were going to chat and hang out anyway. So exactly. (laughs) And for our listeners who just love your vibe, where can they find you and follow you? So my main platform, and it's just for fun, um, is Instagram. So on Instagram, I'm Leslie on IG. It's Leslie, L-E-S-L-E-Y-O-N-I-G. 
yeah, you can see what my uh, weird house is like. You can see how I've uh, just living life on the patio by the river. And yeah, I would love to have some new friends. <laughs> Absolutely. Do yourself a favor and go follow her. And thanks again, Leslie. You're just amazing. Thank you so much. This is really great. Thanks for listening, friends. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. This is Gina Keeping. And remember to keep it real and keep it fun. Thanks for spending time with me today. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, feel free to take a screenshot and share this with someone that you think should hear this. If this is your very first time listening, I would really appreciate if you push that subscribe button so you can join us for all future episodes. And if you're feeling really generous, I would love for you to leave a five-star review. Be kind, folks. I'm Gina Keeping, and today we have been keeping it real. We'll see you next time. 